Hello. Hello, Eloise. How are you today? I'm good. You? I'm all right. Top banana. (laughs) (laughs) Middle to lower banana. I feel a little bruised. Oh, a bruised banana. A bruised one, yes. So today we make good smoothies out of them. What was that? We can still make a good smoothie out of you. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. So, what are we talking about today? Um, we, we were talking beforehand about maybe broaching the subject of insane women, as I'd call them. Insane women. Yes. Right. So there's the, the the clinically insane. We're not going for clinically insane. Yeah, we're not quite going there, but <clears throat> I think we've all met a lady in our lifetime who we think is a little bit intense, extreme, does weird things. I know I've met a few over the years. <laughs> um and one of my friends dated a girl who I thought when I met them, because like we were down the pub and, and met her, and I was like, wow, you're interesting. And uh, it was a really toxic relationship from what I could see on the outside. It was, it was quite painful. Um, and it was, it's hard watching someone go through that, but then in a way he probably needed to do that. But what do you mean he needed to do that? Well, I don't know. Maybe there's some life lesson to get from it or just get clear on what he didn't want. Oh, I see, I see. Mm. Right. Yeah, yeah, so what was he experiencing? So, um, obviously, this is my opinion, because I don't know I wasn't in the relationship, but it was, um, it it almost, like, you know, I, I mean, I've been in a difficult relationship, and sometimes they convince you that you're mad when it's them if that makes sense so you start to doubt your own sanity because they're telling you things that that mess with your brain and mess with your head and it's really confusing so this is what he was experiencing is that yeah i think so you assessed okay i see it more on the woman's side where she she is um her demands are so inconsistent so so contradictory to each other um Mm. it's excessive like the it just goes on and on i want him to do this but i also want him to do that and i want him to be like this and it's it's just all this projection of internal confusion and um all of that going on and once they you know get into the relationship they project this it's almost like the 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 body mind is trying desperately to organize uh, all the pain it's in, right? So, mm. you know, a woman who gets like this now it can happen to guys, but I, I see it a little differently. I see it more with women as um, this need to be loved, and you know, women do get more attention, especially good-looking women, right? Good-looking people get more attention, but good-looking women get a lot more attention from the world. So try and take that attention away. Mm. So, you know, not in all circumstances, some women 
you know, are really beautiful, they'll say, you know, I wish I had some, I wish I knew whether the person loved me for myself or my looks. Yeah. They can't really see me like Marilyn Monroe complained of that. But Mm. the insanity there on, let's say, Marilyn Monroe's part is that you have to love yourself. Yeah. In in the ways that you want to be loved. This is where I think of being a quality person. Like you want to be in a relationship and if if you if your value is that I'm a quality person and I want you to be a quality person and you know what that means. Yeah. Well, something you said where you're in a relationship with someone who makes you think you're going crazy. Well, that's not a quality person. No. Right? Because if you start saying I'm going crazy, and you know what you're saying is confusing me and they're not you're not ready to sit down and flesh it out well that's not a quality person no that's just not someone who's gonna has any compassion for you you know you you want somebody who has compassion for you and maybe thinks about you not all the time and not like everything's about you but that that you're you're really in the relationship together you're supporting each other you're loving each other i mean it's it's really simple, right? but we make it so complex because we don't, it seems to me we don't bother looking at ourselves. But you look at yourself, if somebody critiques you with something that you would look at and say, well, that's pretty awful, right? So let's say you like to use your toenails to pick your teeth at dinner. And you're, <laughs> you go with someone and they say, you know, I really like everything about you. But this picking your teeth with your toenails got to go. Yeah. You know, really, that's not controlling. That is, I, I like it to go. And yeah. you, you can choose whether you want it to stay or go. And the other person can choose whether they want to stay or go. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not like anybody's forcing anyone. It's here's your negotiation that begins. Yeah. You got to be able to negotiate certain things. It's not yes or no or. You just start negotiating. And I was talking to someone today also about, you know, when I, um, because I'm one of these people who had short relationships. I mean, the longest relationships I have are five years. Yeah. So I was in a long, you know, like five years, then a break, and then five years again. Yeah. And then, and then after that, I decided I'm going to figure myself out before I'm going to get into a relationship. So um, then I thought, no, I'm just going to be alone. And then, of course, age comes on you, perspectives shift, and you realize, oh, that's the only important thing is, is the relationship. Everything else is so trivial. You know, that's how I, I don't think that's for everyone, but relationships are pretty darn important to have those good, close relationships, you know. Mm-hmm. Being, yeah. alone, being alone is one thing you could really like it and enjoy your life um that can definitely happen but you know aging with someone you having a nice buddy that you're with and you age together and you take care of each other as a whole you know you know yeah um so you know you can make those decisions in your life whether you know, you are going to accept outside criticism. You know, there's one thing saying you've decided to be alone. There's another thing where, you know, when you, you retract from the world, um, 
and I mean the general you, right, as, as in one, um, that, you know, you, if you, if you want something that it should come in rather easily, right? Um, I mean, well, I don't know about easily, but, you know, I'm using myself, you know, every time I wanted a relationship, I just said I wanted one. And within 24 hours, I was in a relationship. Yeah. You know, I always find that really strange. Why is it that I can switch on and off like that? Yeah, it's amazing. It, it is quite amazing. So I'm always looking at other people going, well, what is it that they won't, what is it they won't let go of, right? I have a friend who I, you know, as long I've known her since I was about 16 and she is never, I've never known her to be single for longer than two weeks. She'll, right. And there's a whole other issue, right? Yeah. And well, you know, yeah, it's fascinating. You, yeah. I'm like, how do you find another, met, like so many options so quickly? It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's really easy. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't, I don't know about now. I don't know about, um, you know, but I, yeah, no, I, I think it doesn't really matter. You can, you mm. can definitely find someone once you open up. Yeah. You know, you, you open up and that person's going to come and you, you like them, usually like them. Uh, sometimes you reject the very person that's good for you. Like, oh, this, this fascinated me, you know, when I was young, I would say, people would say, well, what guy do you think I should go out with? I go, that one right there. And they're like, ooh, he's such a nerd. And I'm like, he's a nerd now. But when he's 30, <laughs> when he's 30, you're going to want him. And it was always like, ah, oh, remember you told me, look at the guy. He's so nice. He's got a great marriage. He's got kids. He's so handsome now. Because those really good-looking yeah. guys, when they're young, when they yeah. get to be 30, they aren't, aren't so good-looking. Like that, that cute thing goes away real fast, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, being cute when we're young is one thing. But, you know, <laughs> it's a, it's a whole other ball game. As you get older, it just doesn't doesn't necessarily work. So, yeah, and the ones that looked awkward tend to look better later, right? Yeah. And yet, you know, we're so um, we don't think about what it is we want. You know, you want somebody who's going to bring home the bacon, you know, and, to, you know, take care of his half. Or uh, if you want, whether you're a guy or a girl, you know, you need to know these things. Yeah. And, and it's really hard because a lot of women think men should do more than the woman does. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this already. Like since I got in with my boyfriend, it like inside me I see this weird thing that goes, "Oh, honey, just support me, even if it's in jest," you know. Mm. Uh, but uh -huh. I could never imagine him doing that to me. <coughs> yeah, right? and I go, "God, that's so weird. He should be able to do that, or maybe he shouldn't. Maybe it would be really unattractive." I think it would be if you, if if he was staying at home and I was you know working, I'd find that completely unattractive. Yeah, and I I think that you know oftentimes we aren't willing to admit those things, that our nature will take over. Mm. It's right? going to be in there somewhere. 
it's in there, right? Even if you think it's not and you're rational about everything, actually the choices you're making are very, very often these irrational choices, right? That apparently irrational because they're based in biology. <laughs> well, you could you could think forever and ever why you think so and so is attractive or not. It might be their face, yeah. but it could be yeah. their pheromones, right? Uh, it yeah. could be the the whole that somebody who's attractive obviously is genetically healthy as well. That's and one thing we need. Making babies. Yeah, we want we to to be attracted to healthy people is good for our species. Yeah. Right. It's really yeah. good. For, oh, here's a funny thing. When I was when I was dating my my first boyfriend, first long term relationship. Hmm. He, um, he said to me, I, I had asthma. So he said, you have asthma. Our kids would have asthma. You know, and right away he was, you know, thinking about his progeny, right? Yeah. And I was so insulted, you know, like everybody's equal and don't. But he was right. It's a good thing not to, I think it's a good thing not to, to you know, to start having kids when you know that they're not going to be healthy. You know, mm. it, might, it might be worthwhile to say, no, okay, so there's this disease and maybe um, maybe I shouldn't do that. Now, of course, people bring up the other side. I, I'll go back and forth on this forever and ever. You know, it's like, well, all, all beings have a right to, to live and all beings, you know, have a gift to offer us, which is what a friend of mine told me. She said, you know, even though, um, you know, one of her grandchildren uh, was born with a, a disability and mm. he died really early, like in childhood, mm. uh, still wouldn't have missed having him. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, okay, I get that. Of course. It's human beings you don't miss having. Um, and you, you could say, how far are we going to go? You know, like, how far will we go? Uh, well, it, it will depend, but thinking about whether you want to reproduce if somebody like, let's say I know I have arthritis and somebody else has arthritis. Uh, if I have any modicum of compassion for the children, I just wouldn't have a kid with that person. Mm. You know, like why yeah. would I, you know, I could have a chance at half and half, maybe they won't have arthritis, but you know, why would I do that to my kid? You know, why do that to my child? And it, there can't be anything worse than having an unhealthy child, right? Well, no, you're still going to get joy from them, and you know. Yes, but there's like, yeah. well, I don't know. I mean, there are a lot of terrible things in the world, but they yeah. take your child to the hospital and uh, be afraid it's going to die all the time. All I think that'd time. be horrible. Yeah, that'd, it would be horrible. horrible. Just horrible. Yeah. I'm talking about death diseases, not like yeah, you have a deviated yeah. septum or something, right? Things yeah. that you're not gonna that that you won't survive from, or you might survive from, right? Mm. Um, and, you know, it's it's a it's a choice you can make, right? Like it's a, it. You know, when I first heard it, I was like, oh my god, how ignorant. And then over the years, I, I went, no, it, you know, it could it's be a practical. choice. It could be a yeah. choice that you decide, okay, well, 
you know, now that we've matched our DNA or whatever, um, you know, we're not going to have a kid. You know, this sounds like Gattaca, right? Like in Gattaca, they choose the genetics and they never have a child that's, uh, that's got a disease, no free love, et cetera, et cetera. You know, um, you know, could go to that extreme where you think it's horrible that someone can't exist, even though they have a heart problem or they have a whatever problem. You know, it is an interesting film to ponder. But at the same time, if I knew, you know, that I had a certain disease and my husband did, I don't know if I'd have kids uh, that, that easily. You know, mm. you might risk it, but I go, I'd be too scared that they'd be, that they're going to die, right? Mm. Well, it's scary. It's really scary. Yeah. But of course, maturity changes things. Yeah. You know, as you age and you see so much in the world and so much pain and so much suffering, um, you might say to yourself, okay, maybe I'm not the best person to reproduce. Right? And then, of course, everybody brings in that. Yeah, but what if it's a genius in the next day? Yeah, okay, <laughs> but what if it's the next Hitler? You know, there's that side too. <laughs> <laughs> it might change the world. Oh, exactly okay. right you know i'm just saying that i don't think it for as far-fetched when i was younger i thought that was not debatable as i age i go well no no it it, it i mean yes you could have a really good life but uh maybe you do want to share, share those genes that can definitely come up yeah but we, i don't right. think we have any body control. clock yeah well like some women are so desperate for a child, like that inner need to reproduce would probably override that. Yes. But as you can see, we can change the habit um, by educating the population differently, right? So the, yeah. the population in, in Western world has been educated to not have more than 2.5 kids. Yeah. You know, um, they are really careful. I mean, mm. people are really careful who they marry and get into a relationship with. I mean, I'm not saying yeah. anything that isn't happening naturally. Mm -hmm. You know, so you're young and you're going out to select your genetic match to make your progeny. A lot of people are selecting really good people. Yeah. Right? You're, you're selecting the healthy, the, the fit, the, you know, but the moment we start to get into this space, um, I'm sort of painting a picture here. Getting married, to have kids, you know, you kind of feel they're in a healthy state of things. It's a feeling I get. I look at them and I go, super mm. as a woman, you know, debates issues on why they shouldn't get married or should get married or how they're going to do things and what they're going to keep and what they're this very defensive attitude. Um, already, I kind of go, well, maybe that's okay that um, they're not reproducing and that they wait till really late. And then by the time they, you know, figure it out that it's that they wanted a kid, it's too late and they don't actually have them. Hmm. Right. You know, it doesn't mean it's a it's a negative. 
<laughs> it seems negative because you see all these girls coming out. Some of them are bright. Some of them aren't. Some of them are, you know, now desperate to have kids. And, yeah. um, you know, you've made your you've made your choice. And now maybe it's better you don't have kids, right? I know yeah. this is a strange topic, but, you know, I think, well, uh, th there's reasons for these things happening, um, I suppose, right? There's yeah. th Meaning that there's a reasoning to how, you know, North Americans are, uh, sorry, the Western world has changed all of this, right? Um, and... You know, you can see where we're brainwashed and where we're brainwashed to think, oh, we could just get older and have kids. And mm. no, you that's not a given. Yeah. You know, check check around the world. Everyone's, you know, who has a lot of children, 10, 12 kids. They're definitely not Western. Mm -hmm. You know, they're usually from, you know, another culture, another religion. Um that hasn't been exposed to the Western world where, you know, birth control is controlled and et cetera. You know, so you can have a ton of kids and, uh, and reproduce willy nilly, but usually it's with young people. It's not like uh, you see these other cultures grabbing a 50 year old woman. They don't, <laughs> you know, uh, I remember seeing it in in the you know the European immigrants uh, in the like earlier well let's say in the sixties and seventies of the twentieth century right hmm. so you know you'd see people coming over from other countries and they wanted to they would meet girls from you know or women I should say older women and try and get you know, hop, skip, and a jump to come to, let's say, Canada or somewhere where it would be more lucrative, the States mm. or, or whatever. People people have been doing this historically and and coming over. But there weren't as many women, you know, in those days we were young. So if you were very young, there were young men uh, wanting to marry you. Now you have, you have so many women traveling um, that you, you know, see these 50, 50, 60, 70 year old women getting off ships and then 20 year old boys in different countries now that know, oh, I could get, you know, hook on to one of these women. And yeah, and, uh, yeah and, and these women think that it's love. I'm not saying that it can't happen, but so often it's just not. You know, they get here and the guy's inevitably is having an affair. <laughs> you know, especially when he's not their age. You know, you have this beautiful young man, you know, with this 50, 60-year-old woman. Well, why delude yourself? Yeah, but he was so romantic. He said, you know, when you're starving, you'll do pretty much anything when you're starving, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you, you know, you just see this disillusion, this delusional type thinking within women. And it's really quite crazy making. Like you can see it so obviously to say, no, that, you know, don't do that. Mm. Don't, don't bring some guy from a foreign country. You're going to be paying through the nose for years and years and years and years. Um, that's what he wants. You know, if he was 
coming on his own and his own steam, his own money and blah, blah. Yeah. Okay, okay. But uh, no, 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 not like this where you have to pay for everything. Uh, but women can be so, I've seen it over and over again where they're so occluded and they have every type of uh, explanation for this. You know, and I'm not saying that you can't land on that particular person who's in love with you. But after seeing thousands and thousands and thousands of men and women do this, you know, over years, um, you know, it just doesn't work out. Mm. You know, it doesn't work out in the way. Um, I don't know what the statistics are, but I rarely see it working out that some guy comes over. You know, unless he really needs her for years and years, right? Yeah. You know, to I've seen it here a lot. Though I do know one couple that, you know, they're approximately the same age, so they get along, you know? Yeah. They work it out together. But, you know, women do this all the time. And then the crazy kind of not being able to, you know, like, if you if you don't have a realistic view of yourself, you don't know how high up the rung you can go. I mean, if you're extremely beautiful, uh, you know, if you have everything like a model and a lawyer and a, I mean, you know, geez, you could, you could, you could pretty much meet anybody you want, right? George Clooney. You could meet George Clooney, but he's gay, isn't he? <laughs> thought he was gay. No, he's, he's married to a lawyer. She's oh, okay. I didn't know that. <laughs> okay. Human rights lawyer or something. So, um, yeah, you could you could go up any yeah any part of the ladder, you know. Depend, but you have to know who you are, right? Mm. And it's so interesting. The more this is some little rule of thumb: the more attractive a woman, the less secure she is. The more unattractive a woman, the more secure she is. Oh, interesting. It really is quite a rule of thumb. You can see that there's plenty of unattractive women who just think they're the cat's meow and that any guy should go after them. And, mm. and then there's just these women who are absolutely gorgeous and um, are walking around filled with anxiety. Yeah. You know, you know mostly because they have to, have to live up to the role, right? They have to live up yeah. to their own idealized image. So if if somebody doesn't think they're, doesn't look at them, they become super insecure. Mm. You know? mm -hmm. I don't think all women, I think there's plenty of women who are intelligent and good looking and, <clears throat> and they won't take that kind of malarkey from, from men just trying to bed them, right? There's plenty, yeah. but there are plenty of women who are easily, you know, taken in. Mm you know, easily flirted with and um, and they just don't see that the guy doesn't have the intentions she thinks he has. Yeah. You know, such an important thing because women end up choosing but without the realistic understanding of where they fit on the scale of looks. Um, and somehow it's become more disillusioned, right? The fatter society gets now the normalization of fat and um I, that can't be easy for women for men you know mm. it can't be easy to say that they're not seeing you know the attractive uh, 
the attractive hips, right? The attractive hips, I suppose, as long as the, the wench is, uh, is uh, worthy of bearing his children, right? That's genetically yeah. how we're gonna, biologically going to be attracted. You mm. need biological attraction first. Yeah. Yeah, I think women have gone into the head. It's all an intellectual attraction, like you should like how I look anyway, right? That's ridiculous. Yeah. If he's unattractive, he's unattracted. Yeah. You know, it's not going to be the most beautiful thing to, you know, see folds of fat with rash in between, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Nice, yeah. (laughs) You know, or like bouncing rolls of fat over the clothes. It's just, I don't think that the uh, male organ goes erect. Just Mm. like, you know, we don't get excited by, you know, a guy in a greasy wife beater, uh, you know, smelling of B.O., holding a beer, you know, farting and burping. It's not attractive to us. No, Homer Simpson. Yes, homie, right, homie. <laughs> yes, we're not attracted to, you know, as much as we want high quality um, person, and so does the other person. Today, I'm really you know, on to this. Are you uh, looking at yourself? Because right now, there's an idea as if you, you mention to someone or critique them, uh, it, it's... It's like an act of aggression. Whereas, you know, certainly a person can feel that way. Uh, But oftentimes it's a really good indicator of where your behavior, actions, something you're doing is unacceptable and may just help you in the world. Hmm. It may just help you. um, Well, you could find out that you're, the thing that very much annoys other people is the quality that actually gets you ahead in your work, right? Yeah. Or um, uh, the very thing you think is cute is just grossing everybody out. <laughs> and, you know, maybe you need, just need to know, maybe something you're doing is annoying. Yeah. You know, if if other people can't relate to you or understand you or, um whatever mm-hmm. well it's not going to pan out very well right yeah <laughs> i just think of things my husband does to me that drive me nuts but he thinks they're hilarious so he does it just so he gets a good laugh and he laughs while i'm like losing my mind <laughs> You know, so because he laughs and he thinks it's funny, of course, then I think it's funny. But when he starts, it's just so, so aggravating. And, um, you know, sometimes I tell him, just don't do that. It's not nice. You know, it's just not nice. <laughs> just stop it. It's not nice. Uh, but, you know, we both teach each other, okay, that's something that's not nice. But he also teaches me that, but it's funny. You know, like, yeah, you're right. It's funny. It's funny that you like to do. But he finds it funny that it gets my goat. Like, it drives me crazy. 
even if I start crying, sometimes I start crying. He drives me so crazy, you know. So it, it makes me cry, and, and he's still laughing. So of course it's still funny, right? It's just weird. Yeah. I'm like crying. <laughs> and you're so mean, but it's just this joke he does that drives me crazy. It's this this way of joking. It's uh, mm. like I'll ask a question, "What time is it?" He goes, "I don't have any dimes." You know, like and he just starts changing everything <laughs> does it every time. He does it a lot, you know, and, and sometimes it is. I'm like, stop, just talk to me. <laughs> and he'll keep doing it. And he, he's so patient. He can keep doing it till finally I start crying. <laughs> please answer my question, please. And then I leave the room, but he still comes in and says, why do you want dimes? <laughs> it just goes on. And on. <laughs> so he finds it really funny. But... So you, you're you're figuring your way. You just don't, you know, at the beginning, I, I was telling him, you know, you keep doing that and it drives me crazy. It's not right. Don't do it. And of course, it's become our running joke now. He does it. Yeah. You know, so. Um, but what if it did? What if it's something that drives you crazy and the other person won't? Will it stop? Won't it stop? You, yeah. you, you can really go into a resentful place. Yeah, you know, and then things build up, and uh, so we should be able to communicate. We should be able to, mm. to to talk to each other. It's fascinating, fascinating thing how little people talk to each other, how little they ask questions of their of their partners. Mm. You know, so even when you're, you know, someone's in a relationship, they'll say, "Well, he's going to say this or that." Well, why aren't you asking why? If you disagree with the way someone does something and they keep insisting their way is better, you ask why. Yeah. And be open to the possibility that, you, that their way is better. Mm. Right? If, if I'm open to this, okay, so he says his way is better, let's figure this out. Yeah. And as I, I go through it, it's like, well, not necessarily. I don't agree that yours is better. Or I go, okay, okay, yeah, you're right. That is much better. Sure, great. And then I would, you know, use that way. But if I find that no, <coughs> no, that's not better, mm. I will state why I think the other way is better. And then you have a conversation. Ooh. Then you have a, you know, a dynamic going on, right? It's so awful that we don't ask these questions because we've already got the scene in our heads. Mm. It's really annoying. (laughs) Well, it's, it's the same with the friendship. If somebody doesn't ask you or they're just making up stories about you in, in their head. Yeah. It's really important because we forget how many stories we make up that are completely untrue. Yeah. There's no validity to them at all. I can almost hear people going, yes, they are true. My my version is true. And I'd be like, no, your version is not true. Mm. Your version is only your version. And the other person's version is a version. And together, even then, it doesn't give you the whole story. So it's just sitting down to 
to try and figure out what the whole story is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, making sense of it all. And even just being daring enough, instead of projecting onto someone you like or a friend that they are your parents, which you don't realize that you've been doing, because mm. you will predict their behavior based on your parental behavior. Mm. You don't think about that at the time, but you're you're recreating the dynamics that did not work in your family relationship. So you keep using the ones that worked, which are dysfunctional. And then you, you say, oh my God, this person is just like my father. Not really, you're the common denominator. And you have now created the, the feedback loop, let's say, of how the other person is gonna behave. You don't realize how subtly you've conditioned someone. Mm, yeah. Like there's a definite subtle conditioning you can you we don't even realize how um how many cues and clues you get when i when i talk to someone i'm getting constant cues and clues as to where i can or cannot go now yeah. the more you um somebody reminded me of something yesterday i was teaching a class uh, on monday so i'm teaching this class and um and one of the students says, when it comes to Terry Ann, you can't get anything past her. She doesn't miss a trick. Uh-huh. And I hadn't heard that in a really long time. I hadn't heard oh. somebody say it so clearly. And I, it just sort of put like a, almost a montage of things going through my mind and running <laughs> through me. And going, you know, it's, it's true, this that somebody told me when I was eight years old, God, you don't miss anything. You notice yeah. such subtle things. So I was never good at the general, like what some people were talking about, but I knew every expression, hand movement, yeah. uh, blink facial movement that people were going through. So it's just flashed through my mind yesterday. And I, and I thought, um, well, then maybe I notice it and I can, I'm always bringing it up, but we are all picking those cues and clues up. Yeah. And they're defining our behavior. So I know with Susie, I could talk about certain things. You can't go any further because, you know, the flinch and eye movement, a pulling away, a contraction, just that simple contraction in the body. And you know, you've gone to a place um, they don't like so yeah. you know in a social context uh, you would pull back in my teaching context in my um, sessions I don't right because that's that's what yeah I'm, that's where you want to go you want that's where you want to go that's what I'm needed for but uh, when it comes to social things I will pull back you know I will notice that's not where we go so then you're you're figuring out where your boundaries are with someone yeah Right. You're figuring out and, you know, you you don't meet someone the first time. Oftentimes the first impression intuitively is the is the the right one. As far as I'm concerned, it's always the first impression that let me know what was going on with someone, Um, including how badly they would treat you. It doesn't mean I'd always follow my intuition, but many times it's come up and I go, geez, you know, boy, did I miss that. So you, you're picking up all these things. 
And yeah. Um, yeah, most certainly you can pick up gross behavior from someone. Let's say, you know, you meet up with someone and they're super angry, they're screaming and they leave and um, you meet them again and they're super nice and super calm and you're confused. You're like, wow. You're mm. so and then you find out that their child had died or something or, you know, they had just had a serious car accident and you realize, oh, it was just an, a one-off sort of, you know, shock yeah. this person was in. So it's not their personality. Mm. That's it. If you're looking at gross behavior, I'm not looking at the, the subtle senses, right? Because your subtle senses. Yeah. It's and of course everyone's to varying degrees. Oftentimes, I find people um, will tell me, "Oh, you've got to meet so and so. They're so nice. They're so kind. They're so..." <laughs> and then I meet them, and I and I'm like, "Oh my god, this is the kind of person that would cheat you, or you know, cause you a ton of problems." And inevitably, they would, right? Yeah. But you know, now you're putting into question: Do I say something to my friend? that my intuition says, be careful of this person, right? Mm. Um, or, you know, do I just leave it, right? Because, you know, you, you might have to run into someone and go through something just because that's what your journey is. So even mm. if I tell you, you may or may not do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I've told people, oh no, it's gonna be a big catastrophe. And they still date the person and still go through the catastrophe. Yeah. But they wouldn't have had it any other way. That's what they needed to do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So same kind of thing. It's like, do I tell someone? Don't I tell someone? You know, it's quite a, it's quite a consideration. Except when I'm in clinic, you know, I don't tell someone what to do or anything. But, you know, I yeah. state clearly what the problem is not whether someone should stay together or not i don't do that but you know you can state clearly that well you're in a codependent relationship so now fix that first and then you'll see where you need to go so those mm -hmm. kinds, of, kinds of things and that's basically what we're saying here it's just look look at yourself um not the part of you that's this critic that constantly speaks negatively to you Look at yourself and see what's realistic in the world. And are you, are you actually looking that way? Because some people have, think that they can. So if you're told you look young, you look young, you look, you, you look young. That's really nice. And you might, you know, go and date younger people. Yeah. But you, you, you're, you are older. You've had other experiences. You're not the same. The, the wrinkles are going to show, <laughs> yeah. right? They are going to show. And, um, you know, get with it. Now, I'm not saying a 40-year-old can't date a 20-year-old. What I'm saying is if you're looking for a real relationship, yeah, you're looking and you're a 40-year-old woman looking for a 20-year-old girl, I'm not really going to believe that you're much in the game. Like to really get a relationship. Mm. I'm just going to think, no, you're just, you just want some young guy for whatever reason, but I don't think you want a relationship. Now, if it's a 40 year old man going for a 20 year old girl, well, I think he, it's fine. He, he could be mm. super immature, but if he wants babies, what else would he go for? Yeah. Okay. He could go for a 30 year old girl, but it's getting riskier. 
Uh -huh. You go with for a 35 year old girl, but it's getting riskier. Like each time he's going, if he wants to have kids and each time he's going for an older woman, he's, he's at a risk point when he could just yeah. simply get to know, you know, a 22 year old or a 23 year old. Right. Yeah. I mean, just being realistic. I know I could be, people think I'm crazy, but it, it's just realistic. You have to get, you have to get your realism on a little bit. And of course, you know, don't talk to me about exceptions to the rule. There are exceptions to this general rule, of course. Yeah. But we're not all, you know, 10 plus models, right? Who somehow don't genetically like look like 20 year olds. I yeah, know really I definitely don't. <laughs> well, I know a lot of people who look really good, but they still don't look like, uh, you know, a 10 model who's 40. They still don't. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, as good as good as they look, you still don't look like uh, whatever their names are, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever their names are. Yeah, <laughs> don't even know. Yeah. yeah, it's just you're not. It's just not going to happen. And thinking that way um, is just bad news. And for your capacity to have a relationship, you're living in delusional world. And you see, these women remain single. And it's not lower your standards. That's not it at all. It's find out what your standards are. If your standards are just, I want the guy to think I'm gorgeous and I want him to be 20 while I'm 50, well, yeah. you'll, you'll find something. You'll find a 20-year-old. You will. Mm. Who will want to sleep with you, for sure. But, uh, yeah, like, how would this work out? You'd find the most unacceptable guy yeah. You know, nobody wants to sleep with total fringe nerd. Um, it's not Hollywood. Hollywood presents a world that doesn't exist. No. You know, for the majority of us, the majority of us, it doesn't exist. Mm. I'm going to go in and nip and tuck my face and all these things. That's the majority of us cannot do that. Yeah. So, um, if you can and you get younger men, go for it. But you know what your life is going to be like. So obviously, I really want to go on to talk about what are the values that we have. Yeah. You know, our values are super important. What is a value you have? And that value is going to last your whole life. Yeah. No matter what happens to you. That you want to look nice and be put together is one thing, you know. Hmm. But the other thing is... Uh, it's not all about looks. No. Yeah, it's really a tragic life that lives that way. For one thing, whether it's for, you know, being young, whether it's for your looks, whether it's, you know, for something that you could do at only one point in your life. Yeah. There are things you can do at different points of your life that are going to change. It's not going to be the same. Kind of like Viagra, right? When you're 20, you, you know, you, you have sex for hours and hours and hours. And then you take Viagra in your 50s, so you could have sex for hours and hours. It's like ridiculous. That can't be where, you know, we've arrived. Yeah. You know, but it seems to have been very superficial people. But a good idea to really consider the values. Yeah.
And that's what we'll do next time, right? Yeah, yeah. We'll run it next time. Perfect. Right, well, love. Okay. I think that's a good note to end on. Yeah. And have a Take lovely care. day. Bye. Yeah. Great week, everyone. Bye.